Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happen if you say what you want to say? Hey, girlfriends, how are you doing out there? This is Suge Burry with Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics, and I am so thankful that you decided to join us today. Uh, as you know, my husband and I are traveling in our RV across America, and um, I decided to uh, join a radio, a national Christian radio program, and uh, they had Abby as their guest speaker, and uh, which will be coming up. And so I went and bought her book, and I read her book, and I saw her movie, Unplanned. And I have to tell you, friends, I began to weep, not only from the content, but also because of the heavy burden God put on my heart, that he gave me this platform on a radio show to be able to bring to my friends, you guys, not only uh, fun and exciting topics, but also topics we need to be listening to and do something and, and make an action on. And friends, I have to tell you, I believe this is probably the most important show I have ever done. And so I want you to stay tuned, to listen in. Why do I feel that? Because I feel there are countless women that may be considering having an abortion from an unplanned pregnancy. And maybe there's women out there that need healing from the guilt and agony of having abortions even years earlier. Oh, friends, if you don't fit any of those two, hang on. Because if you made it to this point of the program, I want you to know God has a God appointment for you here for such a time as this. This story is not an easy one to hear, but it must be told. Friends, today's topic is called abortion, and then there were none. And we have with us today a fabulous author who is Abby Johnson. She is the founder and director of Then There Were None. That's that's where the title came from. Abby Johnson worked for Planned Parenthood for eight years, working her way up through the ranks to become a clinic director in Bryan, Texas. She was Planned Parenthood's, get this, employee of the year in 2008, but she walked away from her job. Why? Because after witnessing the abortion of a 13-year-old fetus during an ultrasound-guided abortion, she left Planned Parenthood and instantly became a national news headline for her defection which led to a pro-life speaking career. And I tell you, they tried to sue her. They took her to court, Planned Parenthood, and she won, which I'm super excited about. Her best-selling book, Unplanned, was made into a feature film that debuted in theaters nationwide March 2019. And you guys can find this as well. Um, We'll be talking about where you can find it under the same name. She is also the host of a podcast called Politely Rude. I got to learn how to do that. She and her husband, Doug, have eight children. Abby Johnson, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. So I'd like to just start at the beginning for a little bit. You were brought into the procedure room after eight years to help hold the probe. What did you see that changed your life? Well, you know, I was I was a, a director, so I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. Um, I had I, I I was not typically in the room for abortions. That's, that was just not my job. Um, 
and I'm not medical staff. So um, I was called in though to to assist that we had a visiting physician come in that day and he said that he performed something called ultrasound guided abortion procedures. And that was different for us because at Planned Parenthood, our standard protocol was to perform the abortions in a blind manner. So they have the their tubing, they have the probe, the, the suction probe, um, they insert it into the woman's uterus, they just blindly poke around until they, they think they have everything into this glass jar. And so the idea of, of using an ultrasound, that was different. That was something that, to my knowledge, had never been done inside of our, our uh, office. And so I was asked to come in and he was going to, to show us what this type of ultrasound guided abortion procedure looked like. And my job was to hold the ultrasound probe in place so that he could see the baby while he was doing the abortion. And um, he said he needed to see his target. And, uh, you know, and, and if I'm honest, I, I was intrigued. I, I thought, okay, this is this is new. My heart had been so hardened to abortion and what abortion was, um, and 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 to the babies. So, you know, I thought, okay, this will be interesting. This is a different type of abortion. This will be a good learning experience for me. So we got the probe in place and. Um, the baby was just over 13 weeks in gestation. Now, at 13 weeks, everything is fully formed on on the, the preborn child. So arms, legs, fingers, toes, heart has been beating since uh, 21 days post-conception. Um, every internal organ that, that we have as we sit here today and, and do this do this interview... Every internal organ has been formed uh, on that preborn child since 12 weeks gestation. So I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the ultrasound monitor or standing there looking at the ultrasound monitor and this reality came over me that I'm I'm going to watch this child die. And I suddenly uh became very nervous. And I thought what is what is this going to look like? Um and is this child going to know what's taking place? And the number one question I had received from women coming into my office was Will the baby feel this? They wanted to know, basically, am I hurting my baby? And Planned Parenthood knew that we had to give them a very, it was very important that we gave them the the correct answer, not, not the truthful answer, but the correct answer to to soothe their conscience 
And so our scripted answer that we were to give back to these women was, no, the baby has no sensory development or does not feel anything until 28 weeks gestation. Now, I mean, that has been scientifically proven as as false um, over and over again. But that that did sort of, you know, put a salve on the conscience of these women who were mm-hmm. aborting their children. And so as I was standing there looking and, and, and feeling apprehensive, that scripted answer came to mind. And I guess I was I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, 28 weeks, 28 weeks, and this baby's 13 weeks. And so maybe that is true. Maybe, maybe this baby isn't going to feel anything. And um and then I immediately had thoughts of of my own daughter, Grace, who was three at the time. And I was thinking back to the ultrasound I had of her at 12 weeks. And I remembered what she looked like, which was so, you know, incredibly similar. And I was remembering how excited we were celebrating her as a baby. Mm-hmm at 12 weeks, but here this baby is, you know, somehow not a baby. This is just tissue waste, something to be discarded. All these thoughts, you know, in, in, in literally, you know, 20 seconds time, 30 seconds time, all of these things are going through my mind so quickly. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, this anxiety is building in me. And then I see the doctor's suction instrument the suction was not yet turned on i see that tube go into the woman's uterus and i can see it on the ultrasound and i can see it getting closer and closer to the side of this baby and when it finally touches the baby's side um it was if the baby had been asleep or something and when it finally touched his side the baby jumped and um and then I, I began to see the baby move his arms and legs and um, almost as if he was flailing his arms and legs, trying to get away from, from this probe. And I was in shock. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching because I just remember thinking, no, that's, this is not supposed to happen. That's that's not supposed to happen. This this baby's not supposed to feel anything. This fetus is not supposed to feel anything. And I remember in that moment wanting, you know, to to yell out. I remember, you know, wanting to say, you know, stop or no or you know, sit this woman up and and to say, you know, look, look, look at your baby, you know. Um, but it all happened so fast. And I just, I remember just feeling frozen, just standing there, um, feeling paralyzed in that moment. And um, then the physician asked the uh, the technician to turn on the suction machine. And I'll never forget, he just said, beam me up, Scotty. Mm-hmm. And this suction was turned on. And in, I mean, just seconds, the baby began 
to be torn torn to pieces um, in in his mother's womb, and um, I I just. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't immediately, I was horrified. I did not, uh, you know, immediately the, the, the movie portrayed that I, you know, I immediately burst into tears and, and all this, that it's not really what happened. I, I, I felt very numb. Um, I, I did drop the probe. I, uh, went into my office. Um, I, I, was just sitting there feeling just completely shocked. And I felt really stupid. I I felt like, what, what have I, what have I believed? I mean, I'm not a dumb person, right? Mm -hmm. But I had believed this lie for eight years of my life. And I wasn't a victim. I mean, I had eagerly believed this lie. But then this this even worse feeling came. And it was that I had been a liar. I had I had said this lie. I had perpetrated this lie. I had spoken this lie to thousands and thousands and thousands of women who had come into my office, who had sat across from me, who had come to me for counsel, who had asked me the questions and I had just given them a lie instead of seeking the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of trying to to actually give them answers that they were looking for. I just lied to them. And then this just crushing weight came over me. Um, I had gotten involved in the abortion industry thinking that I wanted to help women. Mm -hmm. And I had betrayed women in this enormous way. And, um, and I, I knew then that something in my life was, was going to have to change. And I I didn't know exactly at that moment what it was going to look like. Um, I I certainly didn't know it was going to look like what it does now, but I I knew something was going to have to change. Um, and I was, I was very, uh, unsure Mm -hmm. of, of what my next step was going to be. So from the time you saw that, um, how long, how much, what span of time was it by the time you left Planned Parenthood? Um, it took, it took a week for mm-hmm. me to leave. I, <laughs> I went home that day. I told my husband what I had seen. My husband had always been pro-life, which made that eight years difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about work, made dinner, dinner conversation difficult. Um, I, we just didn't talk about work. I didn't talk about my work. And um, he was always praying for me to leave mm-hmm. the clinic. Uh, my parents were pro-life. I mean, I was outnumbered, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in my family and my support system. 
And I went home. I told my husband, I said, I have to tell you about something that happened at work today. And um, I have to tell you about something I saw. And I remember him saying, I really don't want to hear about it. And I said, well, you're, you have to, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't know who else to talk to about it. And um, I told him and he, I remember, I mean, you know, that was the perfect opportunity for him to look at me and say, well, I told you so mm-hmm. I've been telling you, you know, I mean, but he didn't. Um, he just looked at me and he said, well, now that you know the truth, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And it's a good response. I said, I, I don't know. Um, and he said, well, I guess you better figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I was trying to navigate that. And then I actually called one of my friends who used to work at Planned Parenthood and was still very, you know, pro-abortion. And I called her and I told her what I saw. And her name was Laura. And I, I called her and I said, Laura, I have to tell you about what I saw today. And she was shocked as well and disgusted by what I had seen. So and she had not seen this either. She had not ever seen this either. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, and what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't emotional when I called mm-hmm. her either. I just was very, you know, sort of, this is what I saw. Yeah. That I don't know what I'm going to do. And you have a high position. You're a director at the time. Right. And, and I, I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, she said, okay, well, let me know when you figure it out. And so I was just sort of in this place where I, I was scared because I was, my husband was a teacher. I was making, I don't know, like four times the salary that he made, you know, and I was the breadwinner of our family. Um, I was scared to leave. I was scared for Mm -hmm. what that would look like for our family. Um, My, all of my friends were in that environment. All of my friends worked at the clinic. I didn't have any friends. Mm -hmm outside of the mm-hmm. clinic and they make it that way. Um, you know, I worked 60, 70 hours a week. So that was, those were my friends. That was, yeah. you know, that was my system, my support system. That was my friend mm-hmm. system. Our church, I, I went to an Episcopalian church. The Episcopalian church is very for abortion, pro-abortion. I had, I had settled us, my family into a pro-abortion church. I knew if I left that church, I knew that if I left Planned Parenthood, I would be an outcast in my own faith community. Hmm. So everything revolved around my job. So I knew that if I left my job, my whole world was going to flip upside down. Um, so I was very nervous. What, you know, what do I do? What, what am I going to do? And so um, then I thought, you know what? I could change Planned Parenthood. <laughs> That's what I thought. So I thought and it's I a can... gigantic organization. I mean, yes. it's international, correct? Yes. So I thought, you know what? I can change them. So I, so that was, so for, for a week, that was my, that was my mission. 
So I, I, and I told Doug, I said, I'm going to change them. I mean, I'm, I'm on the upward, you know, ladder of Planned Parenthood. Um, I'm not going to participate in abortion anymore. That's what I, that's what I had decided. Somehow I'm going to run an abortion clinic and I'm not going to participate in abortion anymore. Um, but I'm also going to change Planned Parenthood and we are going to move away from abortion and we're going to work to do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had all this idealistic sort of, you know, mindset and um, that that lasted for a week. And and then on the last day of that week, I I sat I was sitting in my office and I had not participated in an abortion. I, I had not done anything with abortion. I had somehow avoided that the mm-hmm. entire week. No counseling. Mm-hmm. No counseling. No it, nothing. And uh, and I was uh, like the the main abortion counselor, but I I had avoided it you know all week. And so um, I was sitting in my office, and I, I looked out my window, and I saw this woman walking out of our clinic, and she was holding a brown paper bag, which was all of the medication abortion pills that she was taking home. And that's, and friends, if you're listening and you're not familiar with that, that's where you take these pills and you abort in your own home. Is that correct? That's right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who am I kidding? I'm still doing it. Even Mm -hmm. if I'm not counseling, even if I'm not in that room, even if I'm not holding that probe, I'm still culpable. My paycheck is coming from abortion. My paycheck is coming from from these babies that are being killed. I'm still part of the industry. I'm I'm still part of the abortion. Every bit of what I do when I'm here every day, I'm I'm still covered in abortion. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to be able to change this organization. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. There's no, I'm like a peon here. I may be on the upper, you know, ladder of this organization, but there's nothing I can do. This they are an abortion company. They mm-hmm. are an abortion industry. This is what they do. And originally and you didn't you say that you felt you were coming into Planned Parenthood when you were younger to work or volunteer, I believe at the time, uh, mm-hmm. to help women, not necessarily in abortion, but to avoid abortions. Right. So that they could, um, you know, learn about birth control, et cetera. Is that right? Right. And I just thought, you know what, I got into this organization to help women. And the only way that I can help women now is to get out. Mm-hmm. And so I said, that's it. I, I have to leave. And, um, and so that's, that's what I did. And, and you told Planned Parenthood, how did that go over? Uh, well, I, I, I sort of resigned like a coward. I, um, that was still when we had fax machines. That's when still, we still use fax machines. So I wrote up a resignation letter. Sure. And, uh, you know, our HR department was actually in another city. So, uh, so I faxed my resignation letter over at five o'clock and, um, my boss was a very cruel woman mm. and, uh, I didn't want to face her face. I was actually scared of a physical encounter, uh, yeah. if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and so I faxed my resignation letter over at five o'clock. I turned all of my stuff in and uh, I walked out and then the, the, what happened later was pretty bad. I mean, going to court and, mm. and all of that. 
I want you to pause right there for a minute, friends. Um, Abby has been so kind to uh, give us a part two on this. We're going to continue this conversation, and then we're going to get into the meat of what can we do to make a difference as a community? What can we do uh, and use our voices? And what can we do to come alongside people who have already had abortions? Um, And Abby is doing a powerful work working with uh, uh, employees of companies that are doing abortions. Friends, this is Shugbury. And we will be back shortly with you. Over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they received Christ in their life. This is Shug Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.